Okay, I'm Unique Love, a.k.a. Yaya, b.k.a. Shakita Banana, poet, blogger, fool enthusiast, therapist, and BFF of Moni. And I am Simone Loud, a.k.a. Moni, poet, writer, audio engineer, mentor, creative director, and Yaya's bestie. And together we are Love Loud, LLC. 2008 marks the year we met at the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. 2016 is when we became business partners. And in 2020, we started our lovely podcast, Truth Carpet. Truth Carpet was inspired by our real life carpet in our dorm room that we sat on with our friends to speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Our version of Vegas, what was said on the carpet, stayed on the carpet. On our podcast, we will share original poems, discuss spicy topics, and quench your thirst with this here tea. So grab your drink and let's get into it. doing welcome back to another episode of truth carpet as always you are welcomed by your favorite bestie duo east coast west coast duo it is i moni and i'm with my best friend Shakita banana <laughs> gotta stick with it gotta run with it you're the only one running with it though but that's okay the baton will the baton will not be passed everybody else is jogging with it y'all gonna catch up though (laughs) hey moni hey girl hey how you doing today so remember when priscilla used to always say hey girl hate us (laughs) yeah saying it. She's like, it was this boy in my school and he used to always say hey girl hey every time we was about a locker so it got catchy after that (laughs) i'm doing good it's a calm day yesterday was a little warm i guess a little nice day like a jean jacket kind of day today it rained but it's still a little you know cozy kind of day it's been a chill weekend for me how are you i'm good i mean it's raining here today too but Hey, it should be raining. Should we need some rain before it gets and everything start, um before everything start burning up again? Because once the summertime get hot, you know California's known for the wildfires. So we need rain. <laughs> right. And then all these this pollen, like literally, what was that? The middle of this week, I was like, bruh, am I in Atlanta? It looks like the pollen painted my car. Like oh wow. Like, oh. remember, I used to go to my car and you could swipe and see the pollen on your hand, bro. Yeah, like, I remember that. The pollen is. So make sure you take your allergy pills, everybody. Make sure you take your Flonase and all that because I sure did need it. So I'm I was so happy to know that it was going to rain this week. Yo, I can imagine being around um, pollen like that because my allergies are already going dumb over here. And I'm still trying to figure out why because we don't even have they are we don't even have pollen like that like you can't see the pollen but you know that spring is most definitely here because i'm sneezing rubbing my eyes i'll be like eyes itching nose uh itching sometimes i'll be scared to have a little cough i'll be scared to do that i'm like i wonder why i think i got covid while i'm standing in line all i'm doing is clearing my throat don't look over here i got allergies (laughs) 
<laughs> Shoot, I, I swear I be waiting for somebody to say something to me like when I'm outside and I don't have my mask on I be wanting somebody to say something so I can tell them to mind their business I'm outside I'm by myself and you supposed to be six feet away so go oh, stand over there across the street I'm nervous why do you, I you said all these hand gestures like go over oh. there <laughs> because people be looking but they don't say nothing i'm like as long as you got your mask on you should be good but at the same time you too close so if you was over there you wouldn't be looking at me like i'm crazy like i'm outside i'm going for a run i can't run with a mask on i'm walking uphill i don't want to walk up the steep hill with my mask on i need to breathe cross the street exactly give me my 10 feet matter of fact six feet y'all don't even understand what that means i was standing in line the other day at a store and they have the things on the ground still to tell you where to stand this lady is basically on my high heels i'm like um can you back up please matter of fact you're supposed to be around the corner on the other side of this wall you are too close and don't try to act like you don't understand english stand there you know you're supposed to be standing look at the ground aki aki (laughs) and those stickers are dumb because for me six feet means like a nice chocolate bearded guy that's six feet tall. Like oh if my goodness, lay down on the ground between you and I. That's how far you should be. Not six little. What size I wear? Size six and a half, seven. Not you taking your little feet and taking six steps and then putting a sticker on the ground. No, a nice tall light skinned guy with a sunni. Now he light skinned. Able to <laughs> lay down on the ground between you and I, and that's my six feet not little six feet okay yeah, i think some places don't have them those stickers in the right spot but there are some where it's it's a nice big gap and people be standing like you're not supposed to stand in between stand on your spot when i was a chili to give me windows windows <laughs> right uh, space five, out. Three, this me my arms like this this says five three because i'm only five three but if it was a nice caramel light skin <laughs> with the sony <laughs> the Sony is consistent. The beard is consistent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> could change. But anyway, I'm doing good. I'm feeling great. Feeling week. good. Feeling great. I look good. Don't hey, hey. All my girls. Bars. Bars. Hands up and say, okay. Remember that song? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yay. I'm about to start singing all, so. I can't sing it with you, but it does ring a bell. It does ring a bell. All right, <laughs> let me drink some water. I'm a little parched. Have you been uh, keeping up with your water intake? We want to know because last I checked, you were slipping. I've been drinking a lot of uh, water. So I bought a box of Essentia, a box of uh, Smart Water. The Smart Water is gone. And then I have a case of St. Pellegrino that's halfway gone. This is my first bottle of Essentia. And yeah, I'm doing good. I'm okay. glad. We're glad. I'm sure y'all are glad too because we can't have. Give me a round of applause. Give me a round of applause. Yeah. I need now. I need a, a sound effect button so I can clap and cheer. Yes. <laughs> I gotta give me a box. Oh, noted. You ready for the campus rundown? Sure, girl. Let's go ahead and get on into it. <laughs> I feel like singing today. I've been watching Aretha's <laughs> documentary or her her bio series. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've just been singing for the past few days. <laughs> All 
right, y'all already know what time it is. It is time for me to give you the campus rundown today on Truth Carpet Episode 7, Season 2. We are going to be starting with our icebreaker, Two Truths and a Lie. Let's see if Yaya and I can figure these lies out about each other. Next up in Sweet 223 in our poetry suite, Yaya will be reciting Have You Ever from Love Loud, Volume 2. Page 54 for those of y'all that want to read along. Next up in our hot topic segment, we are going to the cab, sitting down and having something to eat and also having a drink with a very special guest, Dr. Jenna Lynn will be joining us. We're talking about women in healthcare in honor of Women in Healthcare Week. And then we're heading over to the scenario segment with Dr. Jenna again, so she can give us a very hilarious story in regards to her career. And then last but certainly not least, we are going to head over to our community news segment to give you the announcements. As always, there is something for everybody. So listen all the way to the end so you can find out. All right, girl, let's go ahead and head on over to the icebreaker. Okay. Hey, I like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. It is time to get loose. Yes, y'all. It's time to get loose. We are about to have an icebreaker with Simone and I. Yes, give it to us. Give it to us. <laughs> you only have that because I literally just said that I should have <laughs> buttons ready for a sound effect. So he's like, oh, well, let me go ahead and look up a sound effect and then say it and then I can use it. <laughs> you know me, girl. But <laughs> let me see how well you really know me because we are about to play Two Truths and a Lie, y'all. Y'all know how it goes. Each person is going to read off three things or say three things and the other person has to tell which is the truth and which one is the lie. All right. You ready, Moni? Ready. All right, so I'll read mine off first. Or do you want to go first? Uh, I can go first. All right, you go first. All righty, so in my childhood, I had a dog named Suge. The favorite color that I dyed my hair has been green. And I went backpacking for three weeks when I was 16. You did color your hair green. I'm not sure if it was your actual hair, but I do remember you had green hair. Especially for one of your birthdays, you had green braids. I don't remember no dog named Suge. I do see you as an adventurous person. How old were you when you said you had a dog named Suge? Did you say an age? You said I didn't say an age. Remember. I said in my childhood, I had a dog named Suge. I don't think you had a dog named Suge. I think you went backpacking at 16. So I was, you ain't had no dog named Suge, bro. So the lie is the dog named Suge? Mm-hmm. Is that your final answer? Uh, Yeah. That is wrong. I actually did have a dog named Suge when I was growing up. <laughs> it was a white dog <laughs> that my neighbor had found. And well, somebody had found it and tried to give it to our neighbor thinking it was theirs, but they already had a dog. So they ended up giving the dog to us. It was a white uh, Shih Tzu. Oh, wow. We're going to call it Sugar, but we called it Suge instead of Sugar. Because it was white. Right. Got it. And yes, I did go backpacking for three weeks when I was 16. The lie is... Your real hair wasn't green. The favorite color that I dyed my hair was not green. I did have green braids, but I've never dyed my hair green. Yeah, so my 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 reasoning was right, but I was wrong. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. I did dye it blue, though. Well, we got to take your L sometimes. That is true. Let's see if I'm taking one next. All right. 
I had to put mine down because I, I struggle when it comes to this game. So here we go. I've had four surgeries on my body. I've traveled to six countries and four Caribbean islands. I had a pet dog named Coco when I was in middle school. See, I don't remember no pet dog named Coco. I've never heard you mention a pet dog named Coco. I guess we both have never mentioned our little doggies. Okay, six countries and four Caribbean. And what was the first one? You said four surgeries on your body? Mm-hmm. You got a good memory, girl. Okay, let me see. Now, I know you've had surgeries on your body. Now, I'm trying to add them up and see how many you <laughs> in my head to see how many it was, actually. See, now I'm also like six countries. I feel like it's not exactly six. It might be like a number difference. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like five, maybe four, but I'm going to say six to throw it off. Which one is the lie? It's hard to make up stuff like this with somebody that's your best friend. <laughs> I'm going to go with six countries. In the... <laughs> Which one is it? Is that your final answer? Yes, it is. Okay, so I have had four surgeries on my body. And I have traveled to six countries and four Caribbean islands. Oh, dang. I did have a dog, but my dog's name was Cuddles. It wasn't Coco. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What were the six countries? I went to New Zealand, Ecuador, Canada, Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and Phuket and then the islands I went to were when I was on my um when I was on my uh cruise oh okay 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 see I forgot about Canada (laughs) (laughs) because you think like North America is all one thing right yeah well no I just literally because you y'all had drove there so I literally forgot that you know, because Canada's so close on that side. So yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Canada. Okay, okay. okay I, I knew okay. I had to throw the numbers in there to throw you off. You definitely did. Because I'm like, I know she's traveled to a few parts because I was like, I was like, New Zealand, Ecuador. And I was like, okay, I know she went to the Caribbean island. That's why I was like, it had to be a number off, but it wasn't. And I wanted <laughs> to um say like, I had a boyfriend, I had a Jamaican boyfriend, or I had this and that. Like, nah, she gonna know I'm lying. Like, I talked to everybody. So, like, I used to talk to a guy named Timothy. No, you didn't talk to no guy named Timothy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so that is our icebreaker segment. That was pretty cool. We both got it wrong, but that's okay. We, we, did, both, we did both get it wrong. Coco and Cuddles is close. <laughs> yeah, I have to do that, too. All right, you ready for our sweet two-two tree? Yes, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I know. y'all welcome to sweet 223 i am unique love also known as shakita banana but a lot of people call me yay and that's okay because i like yay i am going to be reciting or sharing a poem called have you ever from our second book of love loud it's on page 54 if you're wondering have you ever have you ever felt your heart flutter And think this could be it? Like, after all the bullshit, this one is legit. Like, all the trials and errors were worth the rocks you kicked. Like, all the fuckboys you dealt with were lessons and shit. Like, 
you've become a better person thanks to the trauma you had in your past. You can look back now and fail to stifle your laugh because it made you stronger, though you didn't think you'd make it through. You've fallen in love with someone who truly loves you. Snap it up, clap it up. I feel like this is almost like a, not an answer to the one that I did on the last episode, but I can't think of the word that I want, but it coincides a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever, honey, tell us, let us know the inspiration behind this poem. So the funny thing is when I, a lot of poems or spoken word comes to me when I'm, when my hands are busy. For example, I'm in the shower or I'm driving my car or I'm cook, like I'm doing something that I can't grab a pen and paper real quick. And this was something that came to my mind. I don't remember where I was or what I was doing, but it came to my mind and I stopped what I was doing and literally ran and wrote it down on a piece of paper. Um, it was something that was literally going through my head I must have been dating somebody at that time or talked to somebody at that time or just got done talking with somebody at that time. But whatever the case was, it's just like, I keep going through these situationships where I'm dealing with somebody and not that they are a fuck boy, but the stuff that they did to me at the end is fuck shit. And will I ever get to that point where I can just finally relax and not feel tense in the situation of me dealing with a guy or feeling like people have this, you know, people say niggas ain't shit, niggas ain't shit. And I don't like to say that because it's not true for everybody. And it's not true to the, for the instance until they become that nigga that ain't shit to you. So they may be the king and all this stuff, royalty or whatever to everybody, but he's not that way to you. So like, have you ever felt like, such an excitement like finally after all the stuff that I dealt with in the past all the people that I put up with in the past I'm finally able to relax and just enjoy this person who's treating me like I deserve to be I can't wait to sit and enjoy the person (laughs) that I that enjoys being with me I guess I would actually have to start dating again though right Not really sure when that's going to happen, though. I mean, I'm open to it. But at the same time, it's just like, I really do enjoy being by myself, but I can't be by myself forever. I mean, I love me. Am I really, am I, is there somebody out there somewhere? Are you listening? That is going to (laughs) (laughs) treat me (laughs) the way that I deserve to be treated, you know? So, oh, it's a crazy thing to think about, but also, I enjoy thinking about how in the future I'm going to enjoy just having that relationship with whoever that may be, if you're listening, who with (laughs) with whomever (laughs) would like to take that chance and, you know, settle down with me. It's crazy because when I think about dating, like when, it, when I first start back up, like I always have a kickstart of getting back up on my feet or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this should be fun. You're going to go out there. You're going to be vulnerable. You know, that's what it takes. But then when that fuck shit starts to reappear, it's like, bro, I don't have time for this. I don't want to go through this or whatever. And then to know that I've been through, I've never been married. So I've been single 
for 30 years, basically. Like I've never lived with somebody. I never had to share a closet, never had to share um, a bed, never had to share uh, my bathroom, never had to think about somebody else the same amount or more than I think about myself. Never had to call out of work. You know, like all these things of what it takes to be with a partner. So while yes, I'm excited to have a relationship, be with somebody, share my life with somebody, like it's just like, yes, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for love, all that stuff. But then at the same time, I was like, yo, like I really, I got comfortable in my lifestyle. Like I really got to save some money to buy you something for your birthday and make you feel special. <laughs> like get some groceries for you too and share a space and have conversations and all this stuff and think about my next job, but think about you too. Like I can't really just up and leave. I got to think about you too. But I think when you meet that person that makes your heart flutter and just all that stuff and you're like yeah I want to do this with you it'll be worth it but I don't know I'm just I'm running into a lot of duds running to a lot of frogs right now see I'm down to share a space I I know how it is to share a space I've been sharing spaces for (laughs) a while I mean I've had my own space I've also had the experience of sharing a space so I mean with the partner I honestly don't think there's going to be a difference, whether it's sleeping in the same bed, sleeping in the same room, sharing a bathroom, sharing groceries in the kitchen, somebody being too loud doing something, or it's just a matter of having a shared space, period. (laughs) The only difference is you're going to be in a dating relationship. I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference unless you've gotten 100% comfortable with solely being by yourself. And I think that would be a hard transition but if you used to sharing a space and I think you'd be all right it's just a matter of their quirks and things that they do that you would have to get used to like do they squeeze the toothpaste from the middle up <laughs> do they leave the toothpaste off does he remember to put the toilet seat down <laughs> things like that how badly does he snore how much does he pull the cover off of you does he kick you off the bed does he leave the car with barely no gas <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Yes, we shall. Well, I just gonna be sooner than you think. If only he could just come knocking on my door. (laughs) Special delivery. Did you order a husband? I did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where we going next, girl? You know you gotta give him a little uh, 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 jingle. We're gonna go to the uh, 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 half with our let me drink some of this essential. (laughs) Hot topics. Yes. Come through. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CAF, also known as the Hot Topics segment of Truth Carpet. We are excited to record today talking about women in healthcare. We have a special guest, Dr. Jenna Lynn, who's gonna be interviewing with us today. Um, these questions that we have, we're so geeked, we're so gassed to, to get into this hot topic. How are you doing, Dr. Jenna? I'm good, how are you guys? I'm doing good. Very well, very well. So excited to have you. <laughs> like I say all the time, there's no better way to do it, but to just jump into it. So. We want to, um, well, first of all, we want to ask you, what are your qualifications? There's so many doctors that do so many different things. Um, can you tell the people who you are? Uh, definitely. So just a little bit about me. Born and raised in New York. Hey. My parents are Jamaican. Yes. Um, Queens, Long Island. Grew up there all my life. 
I did my bachelor's at Connecticut State. I got my bachelor's in public health. Then I got my master's in healthcare administration from Hofstra in New York. And then I got my um, MD at University of Medicine and Health Sciences, which is in St. Kitts. And so I'm currently in Atlanta getting ready to start residency in Virginia in about two months. Okay, come on, residency. Get it, girl. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. Wow. That's That's amazing. um, What led you to travel from up top? in New York to Atlanta and then Virginia. So when it first came to going to medical school, there was the question of price. Everybody doesn't have 25 G's to cough up per semester to go to school in the US. But if you go to the school in the, if you go to medical school in the Caribbean, um, it's like half the price and it's the same education. And because my parents are from the Caribbean, my, I'm adopted, but my adopted mother is from Jamaica. So going to the Caribbean for med school was just a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And so I did two years in St. Kitts. And then when I came back, the school is, um, they put your second two years in whichever state here. And being that most of my friends who were ahead of me came to Atlanta, this is just where I ended up. And now I'm in love and I don't want to leave. Aww. <laughs> we know about that ATL love. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's real. It's very real. Um, Atlanta has this thing where you as a black female can come down here and whatever your wildest dreams are, you can accomplish it. And so being a black physician and female in Atlanta just means that I feel like I can do more here than I would in other communities. So it's, I'm, I'll be here. Yes. So what inspired you to choose this career specifically? I don't think anyone chooses medicine. Medicine chooses us, to be quite honest. I don't know if there's any other job that I would do. I've always known I was going to be a doctor going through high school, through undergrad, medicine was always my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Oddly enough, I originally wanted to be an OBGYN. I specifically only wanted to work with women. But after I went through schooling and realized how much you can do as a family physician, how many different procedures and the different populations you can treat, family medicine is definitely for me. And so that's what really got me here. But honestly, it's a calling. It's something that your body just knows it wants to do and you just end up in medicine in some form or fashion. Yeah. I love how you started that off saying that you didn't choose your career. Medicine chose you. You you were born to do this, basically. Do you ever feel intimidated? I know this, this isn't one of the questions that I was going to ask, but... I think that intimidation is something that goes away when you face failure. You're only intimidated when you feel like you're going to fail and you're afraid of that failure. And I feel like that's where the basis of intimidation comes. But because I'm no stranger to failure, I know what it's like to try something and not succeed. Like, why be intimidated? If I fail, I already know how to get up. So um, get up. Yeah, definitely just a fighter spirit. And I feel like once you know how to get up, intimidation is not a thing for you. Yes, absolutely. I can't agree with that even more. Right. Come on with the word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you, you talked a little bit about residency. Um, mm-hmm. Have you practiced a little bit before? So the way it works, just to like, I know a lot of people don't realize how it works getting into medicine. So you do your bachelor's, then you do your MD. And while you're in training for your MD, you do some work. And then in your residency is when you really start treating patients on your own with somebody watching over you. But for me, it's a little different. I actually was an EMT before. So while I did my master's, I was an EMT in New York. So I've been treating patients since like 2012, 2013, like then. And so, like I said, medicine has always been in my blood. I 
literally became an EMT so that I can still work with patients while I got my master's degree. So it's just been something that I've always known I was going to do. Yeah, you're so smart, girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's so dull. Yeah, like, okay, I'm not just going to read the books, but I'm actually going to get my hands dirty in it again yeah so what has your Mm -hmm. experience been during COVID do you feel like COVID-19 impacted your work at all definitely so for me it really exposed the system and how the system actually works like granted everybody knows what COVID is the symptoms and stuff like that and so knowing that part of it is completely different from realizing how the system operates with COVID and You know, I actually had to switch jobs in the middle of the pandemic because of a system that was broken. And you realize that there are systems out there that'll value the dollar over the worker. And that's what COVID really showed me. So I literally was at a job where they told me that my, I was working as a medical assistant and they told me that my front desk currently has COVID, but you're going to work from the back and deal with the patients in the back and leave her by herself in the front. And I have a one-year-old at home. So it shows me that this organization really didn't care about my well-being. They just wanted to make sure that they were making their money because this was a profit-based medical group. And so COVID really showed me that you really need to stick up for yourself. Even though you're working as a healthcare worker, your health comes first. And you have the right to say, you know, this is not what I'm going to do and find a job that will respect your wishes and you know, actually look out for you. It's not all about the money. And that's something huge in medicine. I think a lot of people think that we become doctors because of the amount of money we make. Uh, Yeah, that part is nice. Don't get me wrong. I love to stunt every now and then. But (laughs) first of all, you can't stunt until you actually make some money. And two, you know, the the money is only a part of it. If they're not going to treat you right, then what does it cost you? That's a great response. And it's funny, because my next question is kind of going opposite of what you said. So with everybody just caring about money and it just seems like a, I'm just, I'm imagining patients being rushed or not given a proper care. So what would you say excellent patient Mm -hmm. care is, or what does that mean for you? For me, excellent patient care is actually listening to your patient. I feel like um, just piggybacking off the COVID question, a lot of healthcare providers are so quick to say, you know, if you're sniffling, oh, it must be COVID and that's it. And I'm not going to listen to anything else where, you know, I don't know um, about where you guys are right now, but the pollen here is ridiculous in Atlanta. And so any person who's sniffling doesn't necessarily have COVID. They might have allergies. They might have, you know, the regular flu is still a thing. And so excellent patient care is really listening to the patient and not making them feel as if they're wasting your time by talking to you. I feel like excellent patient care is definitely listening, definitely making sure that the patient understands what's going on with themselves and understands the treatment. I think the worst thing you can do is tell a patient, all right, so I'm going to do some stuff and then I'm going to get back to you. Like, wait, what? That to me shows that you're not really explaining to them what's going on with their health. And that's a big thing for me when I have a patient that doesn't understand what's going on, it's like, break it down. So I need to do this. And this is why. And after I do that, then I'll do this. And this is why. And then we'll make a decision together. I think that's another part of patient care that I really try to remember every time I'm doing something is to also involve the patient in their care, let them know. So, you know, these are the steps that I'm going to take. How do you feel about that? Or, you know, do you agree? Are you okay with that for the reasons that I told you? So I really try to make sure that the patient understands what's going on. I actually love that because I've had experiences where 
I literally got into debate with my doctor because I feel like he wasn't hearing what I was saying or he was mm -hmm. belittling the the symptoms that I was telling him, like I was feeling pain on my left-hand side and I have a history of having kidney stones. And he was like, well, if you really had kidney stones, you would have felt this and this and this. Meanwhile, you must have not looked at my chart and, and saw that I do have a history of kidney stones. Right. And then I, um, this past week was in conversation with some women and they had, I forget the medications, but they were taking two medications that did the same thing. And they were really upset when they found out that it was for the same thing. And they were like, well, why is my doctor having me take these things? And we all looked and were like, money. You have to ask questions. So people are just sometimes get money hungry. But I love how you have the interactions with your patients and let them know, educate them on what you're doing. Exactly. And I think that's another thing. Like you always hear that in medicine, it's it's not a job, it's a practice. You're practicing. And if you're practicing something, that means that you're being educated and you should educate. I think that doctor in Latin actually means to teach. And so if you're not teaching your patients, well, this is what this medication is for and this is why I want you to take it or this is what's going on with your body and this is why we're doing this, then why are you in medicine? Because their whole job is to take that education that you got with those big words and the headaches of school and make it so that people can understand, you know, so this is why you have this pain with this kidney stone, like in your situation, you know, like I really would want you to understand. And that's just something I hope I can bring to medicine as I go through. And I know that goals change, but that's something that I really want to hold true to. I'm appreciative of the fact that when I go to the doctor, that they actually listen to, to what I say. And I haven't had an experience to where a doctor hasn't heard me out because mm -hmm. I have allergies and I would hate to go to the doctor and they try to just sum me up with COVID automatically. I know I have allergies. Can you please prescribe me my phone name so I can get out of here, please? Exactly. <laughs> You take your precautions, you know, if you do think the patient might have COVID, then definitely, you know, do what you have to do. But don't just jump to the assumption that what they have is COVID because you know that the payout is more or it's an easier care process because you already have that planned out. You can't do that. And unfortunately, I think that that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to do my best as I start practicing to make sure that I don't become that I don't fall into that trap. As a woman of color, do you ever feel like you face any challenges specifically because of your ethnicity? Every day. To be a Black female in medicine with locks, definitely. I feel like the medical world, unfortunately, is a white male game. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And I do think that medicine, although it's come a long way, we still have a long way to go. There's no reason why only 2% of doctors in America are Black females. That is clearly a systematic problem. And so, you know, you do face those issues. And wildly enough, it, it's not just, you know, I feel like when you talk about facing racial issues in any field, it's always summed up to be white versus black or white versus African-American. Yeah. And it's not just that because, you know, the Hispanic male, because he's male, will get it before I get it. Especially because I am an international medical student, it makes it almost like you're a third tier doctor, even though you have the same education as your counterparts. And so it just makes you, for me, it pushes me. It pushes me to be better. It pushes me to strive. It pushes me to ensure that I'm on top of my game every day because I know at the end of the day what people see is what they judge you by first right so you just have to come correct come strong make sure that you know you're prepared for 
whatever's ahead of you, because the worst thing you could do is not be prepared and then fall into the, you know, fall into the trap. I love your positive energy. Like the positive thought process that you have about everything is like, nothing's going to shut me down. Like this is a God-given gift for me. So she got to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say that everything is going to try to shut you down. Like I'll never forget when I was in a surgery rotation, um, I had a preceptor at the time. It was myself and a myself, a black female, and a white a white male from um, Emory University, and we were both rotating together. And my preceptor literally allowed him to do everything and asked me to just do post op rounds, which is basically go in and make sure they were okay. And I'm just like, so when are you gonna allow me to actually get in? And he was like, well, I really don't feel like you're prepared to do this. And it was like, well, I just showed him how to do it. So how are you going to tell me that I can do it when he didn't even know what it was? And so you're going to face that. And I feel like if you prepare yourself, then they can't catch you. You just constantly marry Jay Dodge in them, like (laughs) getting around it. That's it. And it just means that I have to be a step above. It means that I have to be a little more prepared. It means that I have to be just that, you know, more ahead of the game and Hey, I'm here for it. It's what I signed up for. Yeah, and that, that Mary J. Dodge is my favorite dance. <laughs> right, Lil' Kim. Oh my gosh. Wow. You're speaking a lot about basically what I as a patient would consider the background, right? About what's going mm-hmm. on between the doctors and the higher-ups and mm-hmm. nurses, etc. But what about the clients? Do you ever feel like they are judging you when you walk, like when you pull back the screen or you do that double tap on the door? Ta-da, I'm black with lock. Do you feel like they're judging you? I feel like the way that you enter a room really determines how people are going to perceive you. Mm. And so I'm a bubbly person by nature. Mm. I'm a happy person by nature. I want to talk to you. So when I open the door, it's going to be, you know, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, you know, what's going on? How are you today? How can I assist you? And if I get that resistance, you know, everybody's not going to be open to it. Mm -hmm. You get that resistance. You keep it moving because at the end of the day, you need something from me. I don't need anything from you. So, you know, I have that attitude in the back of my mind. You came here for help. I'm here to help you. This is what it is. If you don't like it, you can see another provider or we can get it done now. Like, I don't really have time to like, when people come with that energy, I really just try to dismiss it. And we're either going to work together or we're not. There are other providers. I can help you to the best of my ability if you allow me to. If this isn't comfortable for you, that's perfectly fine. You can see somebody else. But I'm not here for the back and forth with you. And it's really different because I have had cases where I go into the room and they're just like, and I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. I'll find somebody that you know you feel more comfortable talking to. But it's always a welcoming feeling when you walk into the room and it's somebody that looks like you and they're like this. And I'm like, Sam, what's <laughs> going on? You know, there's this different connection mm-hmm. that you get. And I, I appreciate it. I love it. I welcome it. And when it's not there, I just keep it moving. Because like I said, every day there's going to be something that's going to try and get you down. And if you let that take you down, you're going to drag that to the next patient. And they unknowingly are going to catch that attitude and they don't deserve that that is so relatable on so many levels to just walk in a room period and just be Mm -hmm. the person that everybody's looking at when you walk in some people gonna accept you and embrace you and while other people gonna be looking at you like you ain't supposed to be there right you don't think i need to be here you can talk to the person who hired me who put me here come on look at my coat you see this bag (laughs) that's it you're gonna face it and i think that's something that i've learned once again through failure you're going to meet people who just don't like you. 
you're going to find patients who just don't want to talk to you. And that's fine. It's your job to either get them to speak to you or get them to somebody who they will speak to. And I feel like as long as you're taken care of, my job is done, whether it's with me or if it's with Joe Black or if it's with, you know, Mary Sue, whoever it is. Speaking of the the failures and all the education that you had to go through and twenty five thousand dollars per semester and traveling here and there to get you know get to where you see yourself how are you able to Mm -hmm. stay driven and excel and face all the barriers that you faced so along the way I've always been working at some point or some form of fashion I've always had a job and to know that for me the rewarding time is when a patient actually turns around and tells you hey I really appreciate your help today. Even though I'm not practicing right now as a physician, the job that I'm at gives me a lot of free range to explain procedures, talk to patients, prescribe medication even. And so every, at least once a week, I speak to a patient at length about what's going on with them. And they turn right around and say, hey, listen, I don't even know you, but I appreciate you. Or Mm. thank you for taking the time to explain that because I really didn't understand it. And so at that point, you really get to, that's what really pushes you to continue because you know that you're making a difference in somebody's day, somebody's life, you're helping somebody with their pain. And so for me, I think the patients are what keeps me going. I love meeting new people, first and foremost, like that's the best thing in life is meeting new people from different walks of the world. There are so many people in this world for you to only have a small circle. And so I love meeting people. And then to meet someone and be able to help them, like, come on, that's like, a double plus for me that's beautiful yeah that is thank you fresh out of questions but just (laughs) your your vibe your energy the smile that you're giving I can definitely like if I met you as my physician Mm -hmm. or you walked in into the the room I will smile because of not because of just because you're black I mean that I will definitely smile just because you're black (laughs) I'm gonna gonna keep it really be honest (laughs) But also, rarely do I come across people who are going to give all of the information or actually care about, you know, because it's just like, oh, Google, Google. They don't they don't tell me that, but mm-hmm. I feel that sometimes. So when I do rarely have someone give me information about other medications that I can try or what it is that I'm actually going through, I really appreciate it because you can easily check off a piece of paper and walk on to the next patient that you have because mm-hmm. I get it. There's a lot going on that day is a rush but it really means a lot and I can see what your patients are saying thank you I don't even know you but thank you because it doesn't mean a lot you know um you didn't have to do that not to say that you treat other ethnicities differently but in this day in 2021 where being black in America is still a red flag just for existing and living it's about us It's about making us better. It's about making sure that we as a people are doing what we need to do. So it's not to say that I put extra effort into a patient when I see that they're Black and struggling versus a a Caucasian patient or an Indian patient who is Black, who is struggling. But at the same time, if you're going to work with me, I'm going to work with you. So if you're listening, I'm here to help you. If you can't afford your medication, let's sit down and figure out a way for you to get this medication. Do you have good Rx? Do you have Medicaid? Do you have Medicare? helping people out because at the end of the day you realize it's not a competition everybody's gonna win in their walk of life and if you can help somebody get to their finish line why not somebody has always helped you out like for me that has been a big thing through medicine somebody has always helped me how dare I not help somebody else Mm. you don't know how much that help might mean to that person 
So it's almost like it's your duty to help somebody else, especially when you've received so much help. And for me personally, being adopted, my birth mother did not have to deal with me and I'm a lot to deal with. So for me, it's a personal calling to ensure that I help people, to ensure that I take the extra mile and make sure that you are okay. I love your mindset. Like there's the positivity that exudes <laughs> yeah. just through the way the way that you speak and how you are able to continue to push forward in your mm-hmm. your love for the people that you that you are caring for and the education that mm-hmm. you want to pass on to them in regards to what you know. I love it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yeah. it. So I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you guys giving me this platform to talk to people. This is exactly what I want to do in medicine. So please, like anytime you guys want to do another podcast, call me, IG me something. I'm here for it. Yes, I'm basically speechless. Simone just said it all. I'm grateful for you. Definitely appreciate what you're doing and continuing to do your attitude, the mindset that you have. God is going to continue to bless you. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's the what's the what's the scenario? In today's dorm story segment, Dr. Jenna is coming with us from the calf all the way over here to let us know about a story that has taken place during her time in the doctor world. We are so <laughs> excited to know what you have for us. <laughs> I'm tingling to know like what you have <laughs> the story that you have to share with us. I'm so excited. Okay, so the story I have to share actually comes from my EMT world. Um, I used to be an EMT back in like 2013, 2012, uh, to pass the time. And I think that's when I really realized that not only was medicine for me, but you really have to keep an open mind. So um, as an EMT, you sit in your cab, you're waiting for, you know, something great to come over on your radio and you run to it and you deal with it. I, at the time, I wanted to be an OBGYN. I'm a doctor now. And in the excitement of the moment, we heard a call for somebody who was actively in labor. We're going, I want to do it. I want to deliver a baby. I'm an EMT. (laughs) I'm about to go to med school. Let's do this. Uh, All right. So we're on our way, you know, look through your book while you're on your way, get all you get all your facts in order. Okay. You're going to greet the patient, you know, deliver the baby. If the baby's there, whatever you got to do, you know, you're going over your steps. All right. We're good. My driver tells me that we pull up to the house. This is the house that we're going to. And the first problem is it's not a house. It's an apartment. And the patient is on like the seventh floor and the elevator is being used. All right, y'all, let's do this. Let's do this. We're going to run up the stairs. Somebody brings stair chair, which is like a stroller, a stretcher for the chair, for the stairs. And we're going to go upstairs. We get up there. Nobody speaks English. <gasps> problem number one. Nobody told us. Everybody inside speaks some dialect of po- what possibly was Arabic, which I speak none of. I have two words in Spanish. I could probably get through an argument in Spanish. <laughs> I speak nothing in Arabic. Wow. This, this is going to be a disaster. Oh okay. Goodness. So, you know, you understand that something's going on because there are children outside telling you, you know, motioning you to come, come, come. And I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to follow the line of kids to wherever this is. Mm-hmm. It's two of us. It's me and my partner and we're walking in. So we're still looking for somebody who is pregnant. First problem, all the adults in the apartment were male. Get in the radio. You guys said there was a pregnant person at XYZ apartment. Yes, we got a call. Someone was in labor. There's a problem. All the adults in this house are male. Where is the pregnant person? Nobody knows. They get back on the radio. They're calling. 
we're walking around this apartment, literally being led by children, which at this point I think was like six random kids just leading us to different rooms in this apartment. Oh, Where is the pregnant person, y'all? Pregnant, we're trying to motion belly. We're trying to motion baby. Children just leading us through this apartment. Lord have mercy. Fine. <laughs> we finally get to a room where there is a guy sitting on a bed who looks like he may have broken his leg. I'm like, you guys, I think this is our patient. Let's just deal with him, get him to the hospital. They got a translator. They'll deal with it there. I can't, I can't right now. There's no pregnant person in this apartment. There's, there are no females here. There are no women here. I'm not even going to question that because right now this man looked like his leg is broken. We do what we have to do. And now we remember that we are on the seventh floor and the elevator was being used. <sighs> yeah. so we have this thing in EMT, emergency medicine, which is basically a stair chair, which you can put a patient in and get them down the stairs. But it's just two of us. This man is a good, easily 250 pounds, and this is not gonna work. We get on the radio and you ask for help. The closest help was like maybe 20 minutes away. So we're like, okay, we could wait or we could just bang it out. No, we say we're gonna just bang it out. We get on the stairs with this man and the children come to help because clearly the two of us can't lift him. It took us like maybe 20 minutes to get this man down the stairs and it was just horrific the whole way down. It was just horrific. It was children yelling back and forth in a language that we still don't understand. Oh one's God. at the top, one's at the bottom. The patient is scared. I'm scared. Can't show that. Um, just chills, just a weird situation. Get to the bottom of the stairs, finally. And this man turns to my partner and said, it's my leg. Oh! <laughs> Sir. Have you understood everything we've been saying since we got here? It's my Oh life. my gosh. Full English conversation. <laughs> no problems, no issues. And then he proceeds to say, the elevator uses the key. Sir, we're done. Get him in. Oh, get him in. oh, oh my gosh. So Yo. you allow us to struggle with <sighs> you for flights. We almost dropped this man like, twice easily like sir full conversation with my partner because at this point I'm done I call the hospital I let them know the trap the issue that we're having this is what I'm bringing you and I'm done like I can't do this with oh you. my god like, he's literally talking to my partner and I don't know what it was because you know sometimes some in some um cultures they don't talk to women and I was the lead EMT and my partner at the time was a guy so I don't know if he felt more comfortable speaking to him. Such a problem. Drove him to the hospital, dropped him off. That was the end of it. I clocked out. That's the end of my shift. I'm not doing this with y'all again tonight. I'm done. Uh, that was that first scenario that I thought was really funny, which just goes for me going into medicine. Um, always try and have multiple people talk to somebody because you never realize who they're going to talk to. And sometimes mm -hmm. they're just not going to talk to you. But yeah. He spoke English completely. Uh, that's crazy. And the elevator works. And the elevator works. And it was uh, no pregnant person. No pregnant person. And no pregnant person. He was like, the woman went shopping. He was playing with the children. He fell. His leg, he heard a, a noise and his leg started to swell. Literally, that was the story. There was no pregnant person in there. I was hyped for nothing. I like had the, they have like this silver blanket that you're supposed to wrap the baby in. You know, that was in my pocket. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Now I'm at the hospital cleaning up all the pregnancy stuff on my bus. And people are looking at me like, did you guys deliver a baby? You have all this, the pregnancy kit, like the, you know, the delivery kit out. I'm like, no, we ain't delivering no baby. Don't upset me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't want to talk to nobody. I, I was so upset that night. I was so upset. Um, I mean, you yeah. still help, but that wasn't my pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, that was a good scenario. That was, I'm not sure if I was more taken aback by the fact that he spoke English, English. by the time you made it down the stairs or the fact that the elevator, <laughs> the elevator what? worked. I was like, okay, so when we pressed the button when we first got there and it didn't work, I was like, okay, someone's using it. We'll just go up. Nah, fam, you just needed a key. Very upset. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you bringing this laughter into my day today. Really? <laughs> it was a great a scenario. Thank you so much for staying with us through Definitely. our dorm story segment with your story. Very much appreciate you being here with us today. This was a lot of fun. Great yeah, conversation. No I'm just wiping the tears from my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I couldn't do anything in my current job because I work in urology. And so everything goes south very quickly because it's urology. And I was like, I don't want to say that out loud. I said, like, it had to be something from my EMT days. And it was either that or my bed bug story. And oh, that still yeah. gives you the EBGBs till now. So I was like, let's do that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, you are so geek to like yes i always wanted to do this and then to get there and it's like mm-hmm. a punk story <laughs> my problem with that whole situation was at the time i was bung-ho gonna be an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. so to get a pregnancy call was like my greatest dream come true i've been waiting for this day and to get there right. and there were no women i was just like i don't even want to take anybody now like i was so heartbroken i was just like let's go there's no one here i would have been like bro where the camera's at this gotta be a joke like we're acting we about to jump out and then for like there to be like seven or eight kids there and no women in the house was also awkward it was a lot going on i'll never forget that at all for for real i'm not gonna forget it either it ain't even my story (laughs) right (laughs) but no thank you so much for your time i appreciate it appreciate the laughter i appreciate the gems i appreciate the positive energy, all of that. I'm just going to take that on to tomorrow. It's right. And you guys let me know when you're ready to film another one. I start residency in two months and I would love to share my story with people and let them know how it goes as a resident. I'm more than excited and more than willing. Absolutely. I'm yes. not going to get that. We will definitely <laughs> contact you. It's time for announcements. It's time for announcements. It's time for announcements. It's time for announcements. Today was a really nice uh, segment with Dr. Jen. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it as well. I'm still stuck on that story. (laughs) That scenario. Like, I think I am just going to be stuck on it. Like, I just can't wait for people to hear it. Like, oh my God, that was crazy. Right? I'm just going to start telling the people, telling the story to people that I'm like, I got a a story for you. Check this out. (laughs) I got a story to tell. Yes, that was a good story. And then also her positive vibes and energy. That's going to stick with me. I'm thinking throughout the week, but hopefully throughout life, man. Like, bro, this is my life. I have to live it. So I, I love the gems that she dropped on. Absolutely. Me, you know? Preaching. Yes. But let's get into our announcements. So for May, our question of the month is asking, is there still a stigma in a Black community regarding mental health? Why or why not? So we post weekly our question of the month, giving you an opportunity to answer on our Instagram. You can also answer on our Twitter or on our website. And of course, we are giving away Love Loud t-shirts to 
whoever answers. But we do do a raffle, so we'll enter your name into the raffle. If you're a Love Loud member, we'll enter your name twice. Raffle off your name, and for the month of May, whoever wins, we'll send you a Love Loud t-shirt. All right, y'all, as always, we kindly ask for you to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find episodes of Truth Carpet. You can find our videos for the blogs that we write and as well as our answers for the question of the month. So if you're interested in hearing if we believe that there's still a stigma in the Black community regarding mental health, you will have to go to our YouTube channel at some point this month because we're going to post them at different times and then hear our answers. If you are subscribed to our website you will get an email letting you know when our videos are posted so subscribe to our newsletter as well all you got to do is go to the website it's gonna be a little box that pop up it's gonna say hey subscribe <laughs> to our website type in your email and you will instantly be subscribed to all of the news that we have to share every week has anyone ever told you that you have the voice of a radio personality host? Yes, I have been told that. Remember when we were at undergrad yeah. and I used to walk around and act like I was a part of the, uh, <laughs> whatever team it was. Oh, yeah. Like, yo, what up, y'all? We walking on the promenade right now. It's a lot going on. We got people outside. We got people, <laughs> we got uh, Market Tuesdays. We got music blasting. Make sure y'all come on out and come have a good time with us. You feel me? I wasn't really talking to nobody, y'all. <laughs> We were just walking. Talking to the ear and me and whoever else was walking with us. Entertainment. <laughs> right. And entertainment for today. All right. Um, our next announcement. If you have been enjoying our podcast, please let us know by kindly sharing it a review. We've been posting the reviews on our Instagram page as well as our websites. Uh, I said websites, Ooh, girl. We'll have another shoot. one, okay. God must be telling me something, okay? <laughs> Um, the the remarks that we have received thus far have come from people sliding in our DMs, sending us text messages, um, or telling us in person. And thank y'all if you just magically saw your name pop up because we didn't ask you for a review. Just thank you because, you know, even just whatever kind words you share is a review to us. If it's like, y'all are dope, that's a review. If you say, you really have a pleasant, nice for a... Sorry, you really have a pleasant voice for a podcast. Right. Thank you. That's like listening to us. You and Simone really click together. Like, these are real things that people have seen. Like, when I asked about our podcast, like, what, what do you think of it? Oh, you two really vibe well. I'm like, isn't that supposed to be the case? And they're like, no. Like, I've heard podcasts where you can tell, like, it's, it's just something off. But you and Simone really mesh really well together so i'm like okay thank you so if nobody ever told me that a couple of people told me that so i know it must be true if i was never told that i wouldn't know right so let us know reviews go a long yeah. way we love and appreciate them every time they come our way so please please continue to love and and support us and speaking of support, if you would like to support us, you can go to our website and purchase our merch. We just dropped last month our bestie mug. That's my sign. <laughs> my effect. Shout out to those that have already purchased a mug and sipping that good tea. You feel me? Of course. Of course, as always, we have our t-shirts. And for those of you that have not already 
God in the Love Live t-shirt. We are going to have tees on sale from the 9th through the 15th, which is next week for National Women's Health Week. All tees will be on sale, 15% off. So make sure that you head on over to the website next week, go into the store and purchase some merch. Of course, you know, as always, we have our crew necks and our hoodies and all that good stuff, whether it's the Love Loud logo or our characters, okay? The cartoon. And that is it for our episode. This was so much fun. It really was. I feel special. Like, we had a doctor. Mm-hmm. A whole doctor on our episode with us today. And I'm just really excited for the other special guests who we have lined up for the rest of this season. Stay tuned, stay black, stay whatever else you may be. (laughs) (laughs) We love you no matter who you are. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Well, you'll hear hear us. One day you will see us in two weeks, but as of right now, you will hear us in two weeks. Stay black, stay proud. (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) 